April 29, 2020 is the Watt for Pedro show.
Wofford Pedro Show, happy Wednesday. I think the last one for the month. It's hard to keep track. Uh, started off with my shining hour, John Coltrane, and then 1025, brand new from Tom Herman, who, um, Brother Matt, you know, we're in quick quarantino mode here, so Brother Matt's three miles away at his pad in the Love Grotto. But I'm not totally man alone because of those engineers in Estonia with their Skype software. I got Mr. Tom Herman. And we're, we're talking to you from uh, Cleveland, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Usually when I play in Cleveland, I play in Cleveland Heights. And that's where I live. Oh, really? Because I heard yeah. that David uh, actually grew up there or something. I stayed with a guy mm-hmm. in Shaker Heights next door. Yeah, David grew up here, so did Robert Wheeler. Okay. Oh, the, the music guy in New York City. Huh? Yeah, okay. Wow. And uh, anyway, uh, you know, I've been, me and D. Boone, Georgie, that gig you guys did at the Whiskey where Scott forgot where he parked the boat. Man, that changed our life. That was a mind-blowing half. But <laughs> I, I want to go even further what's your earliest music rec- recollection um a hundred pounds of clay wow how was that musical uh there was a song a hundred pounds oh, of clay oh, okay okay <laughs> gene mcdaniels maybe when i was uh seven i got the flu and to keep me occupied, my parents let me use the radio. And uh, they were playing 100, 100 pounds of the clay. Okay. Like a folk song? No, it was like a rockabilly. Not really a rockabilly, but an early rock and roll song. Okay. With 100 pounds of clay, make a oh, man. Yeah. And other, I, I think I know what you're talking about. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Now, in the pad... They let you play the radio, but was there uh, instruments? Uh, no. Um, when I was in grade school, I wanted to learn to play guitar, and my parents wouldn't let me because hoodlums played guitar. So um, I spent a year in the school band playing saxophone, and that was pretty stupid, so I quit with that. Was it like the marching band, or was it the... No, it was just like the school band. Yeah. It wasn't even as good as a marching band. You know, it was just... It was, you know, it was grade school kids trying to play instruments. Oh, oh it's grade school. Okay, okay. Because yeah, yeah. usually at that time they, they get you on like some schools, a recorder or some little flute shit. Yeah, I'm really old, man. They didn't do that back then. Okay, okay. Or choir or, you know, the marching band, though, you did have to wear the stupid outfits. Yeah, yeah. I'm told by people that know that marching band is like one of the hardest things that you can possibly do. I've known athletes that said marching band was harder than being an athlete. Damn. Well, yeah, because the big wool suits. and the, I heard the mouthpieces, like trumpets and French horn was real tough to keep it on your lip. Yeah, and, you know, like trying to keep your breath going and yeah. march at the same time. Right, right. Yeah. A lot of parallel processing. Yeah. So uh, what was the first record you bought for yourself? Um, St. Louis Blues by Pat Boone. Whoa. 45. Yeah. 
And, and in those days, where'd you get it? Like at the drugstore? Is that where? Remember they used to sell the records? Not there wasn't really record stores yet. Yeah, I you know I grew up in a small town. I really can't remember where I found it. What but um, uh, Erie, Pennsylvania. Oh, okay. Yeah, by the just over the border, right from yeah, far from yeah. Halfway between uh, Cleveland and Buffalo. Okay, yeah, that's right. I, I drove through it from Canada. Yeah, it's, that's a place to drive through. Yeah, okay. It's a good place to be from. But the canal, right? I mean, that was an important deal, you know, when the country started. Uh, by, by, no, I don't even think the Erie Canal came out there. I don't even know where the Erie Canal came out. I think the Erie Canal came out. It goes Cleveland. to Buffalo, right? Either Buffalo or Cleveland, yeah. But it was important because it, it linked all the Great Lakes to the Atlantic Ocean. Yeah, yeah. Andy Jackson hated it. He thought it was a lame project. Yeah, well, I guess he was wrong. <laughs> yeah, of course. But it was in the old days. Uh, yeah, I was talking to some guy about DIY, and he said, you know, Walt Whitman, 1855, he put out his own book. I mean, there was things going, going a while ago. What was the first gig that you went and saw? Uh, boy, you're really working me, aren't you? Uh, the Four Seasons. Okay. Wow. Okay. What was that like? Was it like a review where they had a bunch of bands? Or was it just no, a no. Okay. It was a concert. The local college brought them in. Yeah. Uh, back then, you know, nobody went to Erie. You know, no, no, nobody. Um, no tour stop. No, no, no tour stopped in Erie, but for some reason the college brought in the Four Seasons, and so I, for whatever reason, went to see them. They were pretty cool, actually. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, all that falsetto stuff. Yeah, that was yeah. that was. Cool. I think New Jersey, right? I think those guys. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Uh, or so one or the other. So, yeah, a little sax in school, but what about the after school? Was any of your buddies, you do the bedroom band, the the basement or the garage band? Um, not till I think I was a junior in high school. Okay. And by this uh, time, you got on a guitar, right, despite your parents' reservation? Yeah, well, I started on the bass, and yeah, oh, despite really? their reservations. Yeah. What, what made you want to go on the bass? I liked it. Yeah. <laughs> Because <laughs> like most people, especially in the less younger days, they'll say nobody else wanted to do it. <laughs> but you no. liked it. All right. What was your, what was, I'm kind of biased. So what was the first one you got? A harmony. One of those uh, single cutaway, semi hollow harmony sure. basses. I think they're, I think they were made, I think there were like three or four brands that used the same bass. But mine was a harmony. Okay. Yeah, Dan Electro. They were made for Sears and Montgomery Ward and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, the one. And what about Amp? I'm curious about Amp. Oh, I don't know, man. It was just this little bass amp that had two 12s in it, maybe. I don't even know what it was. I can't remember. Ron Ashton started on bass, he told me. Did he? Yeah, a lot of good guitar guys come from bass. Uh, well, you know, it gives you, it gives you a different uh, angle of attack, you know, instead of learning the chords first and all that stuff, you learn the rhythm of it and, and you know, how to, how to move things along. Yeah, you know, At least that's, 
it looks like a guitar, but it's kind of like more like a drum. Yeah, kind of halfway in between. Yeah, I mean, its notes are there in the kick and in the toms, maybe. Yeah, uh, yeah. But you know, it's lines. You know, everything is lines. Yeah, yeah. Not a lot of chord. If you do get chordy, it gets kind of muddy. Especially back then. You know, I have got to record an album at Tony's Pad in Brooklyn. Oh, yeah. And Tony told me that this tune that I'm going to play next was a big deal. So I'm going to ask you about it, but I'm going to play it right now. It's called Steve Canyon Blues. I first got in the fight Watching Steve Canyon I'm making all those lights He'd fly around and flash a smile Our golden boy in blue But I could see he wasn't telling Everything he knew
station in the morning do what you gotta do you gotta do what you gotta do and do what you gotta do you gotta do what you gotta do help me and do what you gotta do you gotta 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 do what you gotta do you gotta
the tired plain, the bravo's white and yellow elastic, and held to foam cones, the corners triangular-shaped pyramids. Three edges made one point, starfish and emery boards, triple D cupped and poked to a point. The main character was composed into a bow that broke first in the front and equal on adjacent sides. American Cowboy was approaching on a collision course. His hands groped outstretched three digits triangular to the front nail. A line was drawn from the middle finger to the knuckle of the index finger across the middle finger into the third creating a perfect arrow with an imaginary front point.
Peter Show, Steve Canyon Blues, Tom Herman, and that goes way back, right? Early seventies. Yeah, yeah, probably somewhere around seventy-two, seventy-three, something like that. Okay, now when Tony told me that, I thought of the big picture of the tune, listening to it, and it does have kind of the journey where the middle part has the freak out and then it comes back. I could see the. Well, once he mentioned that to me, between 32nd and Tokyo and that, you know, you got your tune, yeah. you got your freak out, you come back to the tune. And you kind of established that with the Steve Canyon. Now, Steve Canyon, he he, he made a bunch of corny songs and shit, right, in those days? Steve Canyon was a cartoon hero. He was a jet That's pilot. What was. That's what he was. He's a cartoon yeah. guy. A <laughs> couple things you should know about that song yeah. is that I did not play lead guitar on that song. Okay. That that was a guy named Rick Callister. I played uh, uh, rhythm and bass okay. on that song. Yeah, because I don't know if people know, but before Tony, you and Tim used to switch, right? Guitar. Yeah, well, me, and, me and Tony used to switch, too. Oh, wow. I don't yeah, I played this on Codex and New Picnic Time. Oh, Codex, he told me, I think he played the piano. Yeah, he played guitar and piano, and I played the bass. Okay, that's really interesting. When he told me that, I couldn't believe that. But the, it was very collaborative, the way you guys put together that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
Plus, I played on bass on yeah some stuff with Tim. Um, he switched to guitar and I played bass. In fact, if that band would have kept going, I think I probably would have ended up being the bass player. You know, I saw Tim in DNA. Did you? Yeah, they came and played the Hong Kong Cafe, and uh -huh. it wasn't the organ version. It was the one with him and. Almost all the tunes started with him doing a little trip, and then the other dudes had come in, the lady and, the, and Ardo with the... They were trippy. <laughs> that's a trippy power trio. <laughs> and and, and uh, I don't know if this is true, but did Tim have trepanate? Did he have holes drilled in his head? Not that I know of. Not when I knew him. Uh, no, this is like he was working at a Strand or some bookstore in New York City. Somebody told me there's a way of drilling holes, not all the way through, but enough where the brain's exposed so you're always like on L, tripping, you know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I would not be able to comment on that one. Yeah, okay. <laughs> okay, let's get back to your journey of music. Did, did, this, did your band with your buddies, did they have a name? Did you do originals? Did you uh, try to copy off records? Uh, we played, you know, it was a copy band. It was called the Penny Dreadful, okay. which was, people thought it was pretty dreadful, but it was <laughs> the Penny Dreadful. And, you know, it was, it was, you know, high school in a small town. It wasn't that good, but, you know, it was okay. Do you I actually, uh, actually learned to play and was in a band in like three months. I, uh, I really picked it up fast. Okay. Do you remember the first gig the Penny Dreadfuls had? No, I don't. We didn't play very many. Okay. I really can't remember too many of them at all. Because I, you know, I'm always curious about that. Whether you, I ask people, were you scared? Some people are like balls out, and some people are like me, scared to death. Haven't really? Been, yeah, yeah. on the other band members. I've never been uh, uh, one to get scared before a gig. Oh wow! Okay. Bob Mole. Bob Mole, I think, has ever been scared in his life. That guy's got so much fucking uh, whatever. It's, it's not conceited. It's not, you know, uh, full of himself. Yes. He's just not yeah. afraid. But, yeah, you don't think of it that way. But when uh, the Hooskers start doing gigs with them, they all three would puke before they played. But I think that was really? the methamphetamine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One time we were in the head, we're playing UCLA, Minute Men and them, and they're just about to go on. And they have first, first Bob starts puking, and you know, we're in the head, so they're doing it right in the urinal. Then Grant, then Greg. It's like, whoa, what a dealio to get a gig going. <laughs> All puked together. So, so uh, when you, when you, uh, after high school, where did music yeah. take you? Did you go to school to like, explore music that way um no i moved to cleveland and um met some people and you know did some playing we did very few shows and then um people didn't like me because i played too fast too so that's why i started playing guitar because all my friends were like man you, you know like you're pushing the guitar player and he doesn't like it. Why don't you just learn to play guitar and get it over with? Well, yeah, okay. And then I got drafted. So while I was in the Army, I just spent my spare time learning to play guitar, which was a lot harder than the bass. The bass came, you know, right away. But the 
guitar was like really hard to hard for me to do. Was it the little strings? It was the little strings yeah. close together, and you know, like close I played together. bass really hard and really fast, uh-huh. and to try to get my hand to move these little tiny motions, you know, it was it just really was hard for me. Did you work bass with fingers or pick? Fingers. Okay. I I use four fingers. The I guy always that wondered me. that because when I hear the old singles, Perubu singles, and trying to decide who's Tim and who's you, he used yeah. a, he used a pick, so I can kind of tell. Um, no, I was like Cloud One Four Nine and the Modern Dance version and the Streetways. I don't know if was there a recorded Streetways with Tim. I don't remember, but I played Streetways on the bass originally. You know what? I think it might have been Tony's first single with you guys. He was telling me. Yeah, he he played bass on that, but the what was it? We had a version of Modern Dance before Tony yeah. when it was still David and Tim. Right. And then we had a um we did a version of Street Waves, but we never I don't know if we ever recorded it. Uh, and then when, of course, you know, when the band changed and Tony came in, he, of course, you know, played the bass and I played guitar. For, for, for example, Final Solution. That's Tim, right? Because I could hear the he's, he's chord and he's doing octaves and fifths. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. 30 seconds was, I think, all three of us played bass at one point or another <laughs> on that one. Uh, Peter and Tim and I. I think we all had a spot where we played the bass. Oh, P- Peter played bass too. I know I did a lot of acoustic. Yeah, I think I'm pretty sure that he played the um, the center part. Either he played the center part or I played the center part. Okay. He did the noisy part. You know, when I try to remember stuff I did on records a long time, it's hard for me to know too. So I don't. There's no real wrong answers, okay? <laughs> you just remembered wrong. Yeah, this ain't really yeah. a quiz. I like to talk about people's journey through music because. I've yet to have two exa- uh, similar story. Everybody's story is different. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, so people are, you know. Uh, <laughs> if you look at your thumbprint, there's a little proof there. <laughs> but, uh, we also got a lot in common. So, uh, so you met some people, Cleveland. They say you play too fast. You move over to the guitar. What was the first guitar you bought yourself? Uh oh. A melody maker, a single cutaway melody maker. Okay. I was looking. I was looking for a Les Paul, and I couldn't find. There was just no Les Pauls to be had at this time. Mm-hmm. And um, so I finally found a melody maker, and I got that. And I went back to Erie, Pennsylvania, for something. And uh, there was this music store there, and I went in to get some parts. I was going to like try to soup up the. The, the melody maker a little bit. Yep. Yeah, you know, real. I really wanted a Les Paul, but uh, I couldn't find one. And, and the guy in the records in the music store says, "You you want a Les Paul? You know what? I have a Les Paul." And he brought out this Les, like very very early Les Paul, like fifty one or fifty two. Gold. And he had taken it apart to refret it. And switched to sax, and he never went back to guitar, so he never put the guitar back together again. So it was this bag of parts in a guitar case, <laughs> and it was a 52 Les Paul. So I'm like, whoa, man, this is mine, you know. So, um, 
That was my second guitar. Wow. And you put it back together and I put it back together and had it for a while. And I just like, you know, I'm just not good enough for this guitar. So I, I sold it to a friend of mine. Oh, wow. Uh, Tony showed yeah. us uh, Peter's uh, red Stratocaster. What's that? Tony's got Peter's red uh, Stratocaster. We saw it at the what? studio. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The guitar I remember Peter with is that ES-335. Okay. And you know what? The guitar was so hard to play. His equipment was really weird. Um, High action? What? Really hard action. Yeah. Uh, the, the 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 volume was weird, you know. So the the pickups responded weird. You know, the thing about Peter was he was really in a, he could play like electric guitar stuff on the acoustic guitar. Right, right. And I think why that guitar was like that was because he was playing acoustic guitar on his electric guitar and making it sound like all noise and stuff. I don't know. I do not know how he did that. He's the only person I ever met that could play that way. You know what? Uh, Billy Gibbon, the easy thing, they took all that from uh, Lightning Hopkins. He did a lot of licks on acoustic guitar, but then okay. Billy brings yeah. it over to the electric guitar. Yeah. And that's probably yeah. the signature ZZ sound. Yeah, well, it, you know, it pays to, to, to do that, but Peter just, like, took it to a different level because he would be playing noise and, yeah. you know, just, you know, way out stuff on an acoustic guitar. I mean way out stuff on an acoustic guitar like like 30 seconds over tokyo noise kind of stuff only on an acoustic guitar wow yeah yeah wow indeed <laughs> you know i had frank on right because he put out this five cd thing of peter's stuff and we talked about a lot of the stuff and he did have a big folk kind of thing in a trippy way for being as rock and roll as he was yeah yeah peter like really like was almost more more folk than rock and roll yeah. to start with. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he took it in a place nobody else did. And uh, also, he had the big spirit for the town, right? He's the big cheerleader supporter. Yeah, it's good. I can imagine the scene was small, you know, Pedro, but we're 30 miles from Hollywood. You guys had to go a couple hundred miles to New York City, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I got to play... The Pirates Cove when it was called Peabody's Underground. Oh yeah, on the flats, and because that's where everything was, right? In the, the older days. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I did. You know, things went through. It, it turned into like a frat boy kind of place around there now. Or last time I was there, like I said, lately I've been playing in Cleveland Heights at Kathy's place. But in yeah. in eighties and stuff, I played down there in the flats, and it was probably different in the seventies. But I could tell a little beat up. Yeah, it was pretty beat up. Yeah, a little beat up. But uh, uh, what you guys had like a residency, right? You played there every week or something. Pretty much, yeah, yeah. We would uh, we we had a thing here in 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 uh, um, uh, um, what's their names in Akron? Uh, the guys with the hats. Devo <laughs> had a in Akron, and, and like we would go down and open for them down there, and they would come up and open for us up here. Yeah, I only played there once. There was something called Mothers or something. Could be. Yeah, I don't Maybe remember the name Kent. of the place. It was either Akron or Kent. D-Boom bought a Telecaster. That's what you were playing when we saw the whiskey. You were playing a Telecaster. Yeah. 
Yeah, I've pretty much I've had a, either had a Telecaster or something like a Telecaster for most of my time. Okay, look, we're at the end of the first hour, April 29, twenty twenty. Watt Pedro Show special guest Tom Herman. Hold tight for hour two. April 
song that he did on that uh, Wayne Kramer compilation oh, yeah. uh, something up that end street yeah that's one of my all-time favorite songs I, I just thought that was masterful yeah he he really had a guitar style he was a great bass man too he's on the raw power you know mm-hmm. that bass solo on uh, head on the curve on metallic ko is like mm-hmm. really happened there's a live version from a a gig where Elton John, it was in Atlanta, he came on stage in a gorilla suit. James Williams said he almost <laughs> hit him with a guitar. <laughs> it was, it was kind of weird thing. Oh, uh, I should say, we started the second hour off with uh, The Train Already Left Station, uh, Tom Herman. Uh, Senor Aldios y David, Diablo Dios, with uh, Thanatos, 10% Happy, Crushed crush by Pips. Tom Herman with Busy Day, Busy People, Atlantis Aquarius, Centaur, Chris Burns Dig on this, and Tom Herman with the other side, no, the other story of Fairyland. So you just put out two records. Yeah. One is Tom Herman, one is Herman Gray. Yeah, one is E. Oh, yeah, the title of the record is E, yeah. Yeah. And that's the Tom Herman one. And then Herman Gray yeah. is what, an eponymous? No, it's, that's Tom Herman, too. But Oh, oh okay. I, was, I always wanted to change my name to Herman Gray, but everybody looks at me funny, so I never did. <laughs> and, you know, my name is Tom Herman, so what the heck. You know, that's who I am. Yeah. So I just used it as a title because okay. it did kind of evoke what I thought the music was doing. So Compared to the... the well, the E was the second one. Okay. The first one was Herman, Herman Gray. Gray. was the first guy. Okay. Where'd you yeah. go? Did you do them in Cleveland? I did them in my, in my bedroom. Yes. <laughs> I love that. I did it all in my bedroom. <laughs> but by the way, what about that Steve Canyon Blues? Where was that done? Was that done in a studio or was that done in a pad? No, that was done in a studio. Um, I think agency recording in Cleveland. Um, which was where the the first Caribou sessions were. Um, yeah, that was uh, uh, a guy named Rick Hauser played guitar, and Scott played drums, and Cindy Black played synthesizer, and I played uh, rhythm guitar and bass. Insane. Insane. Yeah. If you like about that. Yeah, I love it. It's it's insane. I love it. <laughs> We're driving on, on, on tour in the boat, and we got that on blasting. Okay, <laughs> you know, and the way I found out about it was it was part of some big Perubu kind of thing, and then 
David put little things of like side projects, home and garden, and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's I, I, I got turned on that. Uh, okay, so when you're coming up with this, we record these two albums in your pad. What's the process? Do do you just go for it, or do you make demo things? Uh, I just go for it. Every everything there is um, as it happened. Um, usually. Well, you know, with the, with the Herman Gray, yeah. um, I, I go for a lot of walks. And so, like, I'd be listening to some jazz and something would hit me and I'd stop and I'd, you know, hum a little thing into my phone. And then I'd come home and make out a melody, you know, on whatever instrument. And then, you know, put it together from there. Usually what I do is I start either on the bass or on the drums. And, you know, like, do... Uh, a kind of a rhythm track and a really, really basic drum track. And then, and then I'll go back and put whatever guitars or saxophones or whatever, you know, to, to fill it out. And then I'll go back uh, and do like drum fills and stuff like that to give the drums some, some real, you know, interaction to me. The really, the really hard part is, is, or the interesting part is I'm doing this stuff like, one thing at a time yeah. into a computer and uh, I, I wanted to I wanted to have the the interaction and the energy that you get from live performance so I, you know I kind of like have to get myself in the right head to to, to do that and you got a drum set in a pad there I got <laughs> on, one, on one of my walks I found part of a electronic drum set okay so I brought it home and and hooked it up and I play like, you know, two or three drums. Sure. And then I'll plug the other stuff in and I'll go back in and play the, you know, maybe maybe like I'll do the the kick drum and in the in the ride cymbal and then I'll go back and put the snare and the toms on, you know, like that. Okay, because I heard like, for example, Dave Grohl told me when he did his thing where he was man alone. He started with the drums. I read about Stevie Wonder when he did. It was the drums first. Hey, Prince, when he would do the Man Alone stuff, drums first. Yeah. Mine was usually the bass first, or I would put like a very, very basic drum, you know, just like kick and snare or kick and hi-hat, you know, just something to hold it together. Yeah. And then the bass would be the first real thing and then I'd go back and do drums to make the drums real, if you know what I mean. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so no click. Well, there'd be a click. Okay. Uh, just, just to keep the rhythm right. You yeah. Know? Some people don't like clicks at all, and uh, some people they love it. You know, I've learned how to deal with it because this, uh, what do you call it, to trade files. Some of these guys you yeah. need a click because they don't know where the fucking one is. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, it, it, every little bit helps, you know. You know, I got to record with Jim Keltner, and he has a tick because they used to use a cowbell fucking thing so loud in the studio. He told, you know, like a motorcycle guy from the wind giving you a tick. He got it from a cowbell click track. Uh -huh. uh, I want to play uh, I've Never Seen a Caribbean Sunset. <laughs>
Hi, kiddies. We're the original Wolverines with some sad tales of drunkenness, drug abuse, and depravity. This little ditty is called Hesitation Blues. One, two, three. I got my hesitating feet, hesitating shoes, angels in the heaven sing the hesitating blues. Tell me how long will I have to wait? Can I get you now? Must I hesitate? Well, I never been to heaven, but I was told. Angels in the heaven do the jelly jelly roll. Tell me how long will I have to wait? Can I get you now? Must I hesitate? All right, pick it slim. by Shauna here. Hey, why don't you tell everybody who's doing uh, things okay. with you? Before we get into the next number, all you people just turned on your radios. Uh, we got Mike Sands on piano, the exquisite Mr. Mike Sands. And we have Gut Bucket Slim, no, Pete Sinks on bass. Yeah, they're helping me out from <clears throat> the old days. And my name's Pete Lochner, and uh, I'm playing guitar, clang, which you can hear. I promise I won't tune up too much between numbers. I know what that, how that gets.
the base is the whole center of the thing. If the bass isn't there, you know, it's like it's not a song if the bass isn't there. Okay, I'm right with you. I'm right with you. And you know, and I, I know there's more room in the boat, so these two-piece bands and, you know, basically, what were they called? Flat duo jets. But that yeah. poor, lonely kick drum, nothing. Yeah. Married. Yeah, all by herself. Uh, we st uh, started the third hour. We didn't start the third hour. <laughs> we just played in the middle of the second hour. I've never seen a Caribbean... Caribbean sunset, Caribbean, Caribbean. Yeah. Uh, Peter Lochner with Hesitation Blues. That's from that thing Frank put out. Uh, Tom Herman with the Slip and Slide. Remember those things? Like they had stakes that would like rip up your feet. And shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Total nightmare. That in lawn darts, right? Those giant fucking darts. <laughs> I know a guy who got hit right in a ball sack with one of those. They lay in there sunning and get one of those. Rude awakening. Yeah, damn. And the blank tapes was, uh, took too much. And finally, 2-8, Tom Herman. Yeah, you know, some of these have numbers. Both records have number titles. Is yeah. Is that like a date? Yeah, yeah. You know, some of them, uh, you know, a title came to me, and some of them just, that's what it is. And so I just left the numbers there. Okay, okay. That's what made me kind of think they were kind of shared, but they, they weren't. The Herman Gray was... Before, okay, yeah. Uh, you know, sometimes you know, pay no attention to that man behind the curtain. Maybe it's better because I mean, the statement is made with the music, and maybe if you get too much inf side information, you can't enjoy it the same. <laughs> so I don't, mm -hmm. you know, I, you don't have to really answer some of these questions. They're fucking stupid. So I apologize for that. You know, a while back, I used to listen to a lot of opera. I, you know, for a couple of years, I was really into opera. Yeah. And I found that, that uh, I would listen to the opera without any information. You know, I would just listen to it over and over again without any information, like no libretto, no when it happened, nothing about it. Yeah. And then later on, I would go back and listen to it with the information. And that way I got like two levels of of hit off of it, you know, like yeah, first yeah. it was just music and then the context. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I do that sometimes with watching the movies. I just yeah. let it hit me. And then I find out about the story and the actors and director. We're at the end of the second hour of April 29, 2020. Just show special guest Tom Herman. Hang tight for hour three. April 29, 2020, it's the third hour of the Watt for Pedro show. <laughs>
for Pedro Show. We started the third hour off with uh, Herman Gray doing Swingin' Johnny. And Kangaroo Court after that, Beyond Curiosity, Herman Gray, Jellyfish, CNP from Brendan Etter Ensemble. He was on the last edition. Orchestrated. He's a drummer man. I like this oh, yeah. idea of, yeah, guys, drummers, bass players. You know, Chico Hamilton, I was reading about it. He couldn't get songwriting credits. Like, drummers can't write music. You know, okay. <laughs> Motherfuckers. Uh, then Herman Gray with uh, Smood. That, now, that's a, almost the way I say smooth. But <laughs> what is Smood about? Right. <laughs> What now, uh, these days, what kind of bass do you rock and <laughs> play? I, I make my own instruments. Oh, really? Yeah. So what's the latest one? Well, uh, my bass is a uh, long neck with an EMG pickup. It's like neck through with a maple uh, neck with an ebony uh, fingerboard. Boobinga on the top and maple on the back and stuff. It's pretty nice. The next one on the thin side, but it's nice. 34 inch? Yeah, long scale. Yeah, like a fender. Uh, the last guitar I built is a sort of a chambered. It, it looks like a solid body, but it's kind of a semi jazz guitar because it's chambered out way, you know, a whole lot. So it's got a lot of resonance to it. Like the back from the back, and then you put on like a cap. Yeah, yeah, you know, and I use like the 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 spruce like on an acoustic guitar, so that it resonates like an acoustic guitar a little bit. Yeah, yeah, they call that the soundboard, the the front piece of wood on an yeah. acoustic. This guy yeah, did yeah. an experiment where he made the side and back paper to mache to prove that like ninety nine percent of the sound comes off the soundboard. Yeah, yeah. It all makes a difference, but yeah, the, the soundboard, you know, that's where a lot of it comes from. Uh, now, neck through. With bass guitar, I've noticed they can't be too resonant because then you get overtones confusing the fundamental. Yeah, but if, with the neck through, you know, like you want it, you want it to ring for as long as you want it to ring for. So, you know, it gives you, it, 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 it gets the notes there fast. You know, if, if it's all one piece, the notes get there fast. You, you know, it's not like, excuse me. It's not like on a guitar with the acoustic top. It's like the body's solid, but it, you know, it's the sound is fast. You know, like as soon as you pick, it's there, and it'll stay there, you know, for a long time. I think the earliest neck throughs was the Rickenbacker. And Were they neck through? Those are neck throughs. My, my man Lenny loves those guitars, man. He he has a, a short scale Rickenbacker that he's been playing for. 30 years or something. It's still his favorite bass. I don't know if those guys were, but the, like the Chris Squire kind were. And then the Thunderbirds, yeah. the first Thunderbirds. Were they next through? I, I had a Thunderbird for a while. I liked it. Uh, I have a non, and you know about non-reverse for two years, they made them a little different. and They, they were only two piece instead of three piece, no neck through. Okay. Yeah, they're like twisted the other way, so you could get to all the frets. Yeah, well, that makes sense. Plus, it sits on your body better, I'm sure. 
Yeah, 66, you know, the, 68, and then they went back to the old style again because those sold even worse. <laughs> Mine was the 76. It had the, the red, white, and blue. Yeah, that's on. when they brought them right. back. Right, I remember those. Mine was mine was a seventy six. It was really a seventy six. Right, right. That's the year I graduated high school. I remember seventy six a lot. <laughs> the Koreans gave us a bell we got here in Pedro for our two hundredth birthday. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Cool. They ring it on Fourth uh, of July. Well, they don't really ring it. They got a big log. You know, they ain't got, uh, Asian bells don't have clappers, so it's like a log on a chain, and they they beat it. Hang <laughs> on it, yeah. yeah. Here, I want to play uh, Jimmy sings. From uh, Tripod Jimmy with Lenny.
socks feel scruffy if you have enough money to do the market square credit card melt down stink yeah you can keep knoxville scruffy if you have enough goddamn money to do the market square credit card melt down stink the next time i see someone covered in blood I'm gonna volunteer, I'm gonna volunteer to stop and think. The next time I see someone covered in blood down in Market Square, surrounded by motherfuckers doing the credit card meltdown stick, I'm gonna volunteer to stop and think, yeah. Of the various speakies about town Where hilarity stops and vulgarity starts And the clowns on the frowns are all tossed around The clowns on the frowns are all tossed around The clowns on the frowns are all tossed around Well, the town crier died as they tore it down As I waited for a 50-foot stretch limo that was painted white to turn onto Central. As a Ziploc bag full of cigarettes, ketchup packets, and purple happy birthday necklace was crammed into the tip jar. It was crammed into the tip jar. It was crammed. It was crammed. It was crammed into the tip jar. Willow, wussy slug, fucky scruff, scruffy fuck, wuss, wuss. Ryan will sud, sud, suds, willow, wussy slug, fucky scruff, scruffy fuck, 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 wuss, wuss. A scruffy guy covering a scruffy city, yeah, go ahead, thumb through your stupid fucking vinyl, you BGD, GBD, that stands for basic goddamn generic bearded dude. I got an idea. I'm going to start a new craft brewery. It's going to be called the BGD GBDB, which stands for Basic Goddamn Generic Bearded Dude Brewery. I bet all those fucking clowns will eat there. They'll eat the beer. <laughs> yeah, wash it down with glass. Chew on that glass, you B G D G B D G B D G B D B G D G B D B G D G B D B G D B G D G B D G B D Ah Ryan Wilson Suds Willow Wussy Slug Fucky Scruff Scruffy Fuck Wuss Wuss He said I'm instantly hip as I step on her toes, as I'm glued on with bullshit that drips from my nose. I'm instantly hip because I stepped all over her toes that were glued on with bullshit that drips from my nose. Yeah, meanwhile, back on the satellite, Linda's lost in the razor wire overpass. Terry's taken off her clothes, and you seriously expect me to pay 49 bucks to join your retro hard rock t-shirt club? 
Linda's lost in the razor wire overpass. Terry's taken off her clothes again, and you fucking idiots expect me to pay $49 to join your fucking Westtown Mall retro hard rock t-shirt club? Fuck you. Yeah. Fuck you. Go catch the trolley down from Hot Topic and have a nice pleasant stroll while you're at it with your stupid fucking t-shirt on. Field of real estate moguls and shady investors. Yeah, when your sacred space is a battlefield of real estate moguls and shady investors, you don't need a decoder ring or x ray specs to sniff out the goddamn imposters. The goddamn imposters. You don't need a decoder ring or x ray specs to sniff out the imposters. True posers have wingmen. I prefer to be stranger. 
Shot down like an enigma Riddled with danger When the world is your oyster You'll have trouble tracking down Steady gainful employment True story Maybe I'll get a job spit finding Spit finding shoe trucks Maybe I'll get a job spit shining food trucks Cause when <laughs> Once you think you've seen it all You're dead, you're fucked Maybe I'll get a job spit shining food trucks Cause once you think you've seen it all You know you're dead, you're fucked I'll sniff out the goddamn imposters who say the profit to be made is fortunately sizable. We must therefore make everything unrecognizable. The imposters, the fucking real estate moguls and all their stupid fucking horse shit shady investor fucking friends uh, say the profit to be made is fortunately very sizable. We must therefore make everything around here unfucking recognizable what the hell are we gonna do when all of the old city is nothing but new what the fuck are we gonna do folks when all the old city is nothing but new what the hell are we gonna do Toting scavenger hunt hunting idiots, 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 idiots. Yeah, you can keep Knoxville scruffy if you make enough goddamn money. If you make all the money, you can keep Knoxville so scruffy. You can make it, you can make shit. A maker down in Market Square with your credit card meltdown stink. You can tell all your fucking friends next time I see someone covered in blood, I'm gonna volunteer to stop and think. I'm not gonna actually fucking help them. No. Can't help nobody covered in blood. Uh uh-uh. uh. That's against the law. In the new old city, in the new old city, you just keep to yourself. Hard Rock Retro T-Shirt Club. (laughs) 
That's what they sound like when they take their pictures in front of the deer's head on the casually bar and go, Ooh, we're scavenger hunters. Oh, yes. Oh, uh, can I get my money back? Uh, you know, uh, hey, can I slide in here for free? Uh, no, I can't. What do you mean? I mean, that's a music lover's question. I love music, so I should get them for free, right? No, you fucker. That's a music hater's question. You should keep walking across the bridge. Keep going till you're down in Maryville, and keep going once you're there till you're down across the border into Georgia, and then keep walking still further until you're down into the Gulf of Mexico, and keep fucking walking until you're out in the middle of the ocean, and keep walking until you're fucking drowning. I just moved here last week.
people, we heard yeah. Jimmy sings, Tripod Jimmy. Actually, Tripod Jimmy was a dog, right? Tripod Jimmy was two different things. Tripod Jimmy was a dog, and Tripod Jimmy was a little cassette player mounted on a tripod. Oh, yeah, you guys would have sounds. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. Okay, it was the name of a recorder, too. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it was a three-legged dog. Tripod Jimmy was a three-legged dog. And what I remember about Lenny was he was Pittsburgh, right? And a poet. No, he was clear. It was Erie and a poet. Oh, okay, Erie and a poet. Okay. Yeah. Because the first record was recorded in Erie, huh? That's right. All right. Uh, so, uh, New Old City from Omfu. Some stuff from Knoxville. I had on the show last week. Herman Gray with Romance and D. Drill a Hole. Bark, and finally, Cabin Fever, Tom Herman. What's next for you, Tom? Oh, I don't know. I'll probably not do much for a while, and then I'll get the urge, and I'll start back up on some other thing, you know. I'll, something will catch my interest, and I'll, I'll, I'll do it. I'll probably do a few more, you know, of this kind of Herman Gray-y thing. I love you know, it, the, man. Jazz-based and electronic jazz-based stuff. Yeah, it's for me, it's just music, and I love it. It's just got so much person in it. Yeah. The music these days, I don't hear the person, man. I hear it, and you're, I love it, man. And if people want to find you on the Internet, they can go to these Bandcamp sites? Uh-huh. Okay. People like Tom Herman, Bandcamp, check, check it out. I heard on May 1st... Hey, uh Bandcamp. Bandcamp is on May 1st is going to do a thing where all the money goes to the artist. That's what I was just going to say. Yeah. They're, they're, they're kind of bitching people. Much different than the other uh, whatever. Shills. <laughs> Tom, I, I want to apologize for being stumbled talk because it is a big honor for me. I'm really nervous not wanting to say a stupid thing. But well, man, thank you so not. much for being on the show. And any music that you come up with, can you come back on the show and let's talk about it? Yeah, sure, man. You do. You know, you do way more cool music stuff than I do, man. You, you know, you as far as far as the two of us, you're the man here. Uh, well, look, you've inspired me since I was a teenager. <laughs> okay, so. Yeah, I, you know, I don't want to say anything stupid or anything, but th thank you so much for talking to me about this. And and please uh, come on again with the new music. I think you got fucking buttloads to come out, you know. And especially this way of doing the man alone, you just pile it up in layers. It's yeah, not all yeah. bad new days. That would have been really hard to do in the older days, but we can do that now. Yes, we can. It would have been nearly impossible in the yeah. It would have been impossible yeah. in the older old days. Right. You know. So, uh, Using no crappy four-channel cassette players and stuff like that. No. So uh, so I look forward. Uh, like Herman Gray, are you going to keep that concept? I I don't know. Okay. We'll see. Wait for you it. Right? Wait for it. <laughs> what? Yeah, wait, wait for, for it. it. <laughs> okay, people. Thanks so much for being on the show, Tom. People, it's been uh, April 29, 2020 edition of Watt Pedro Show. Keep your powder dry.